This is the Fenway Rundown, the premier podcast for all things Boston Red Sox. You know, people harp on the last place thing, but essentially what's important is the record. If the Red Sox want people to start thinking the ownership cares, then maybe they should talk. This is the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live. Here are your hosts, Chris Cotillo and Sean McAdam. Welcome back to the Fenway Rundown podcast. You heard us have Dan Duquette on the show to remember Tim Wakefield earlier in the week. Now we have Red Sox president and CEO Sam Kennedy. I think we've made a little bit of a tradition to do this uh, at the beginning of every season and at the end, getting Sam's input straight from the top. And today, a very special occasion for Sam Kennedy as he has said that he will come on here and reveal the Red Sox entire interview list of GM and president of baseball operations candidates. So, Sam, if you want to start there and just read off the names, that would be great. Well, we'll uh, we'll also take suggestions, input um, from from you guys. And and we said yesterday we're, the process has begun uh, in fairness to the candidates and in fairness to the other organizations uh we will not be revealing uh, all of the names but look there are no secrets in baseball so we fully anticipate uh names and, and people's interest uh getting out um but that's not something that uh, we we are going to do proactively but we also understand our fans have a a, a big interest in who's going to be the leader of this department our baseball ops department it's probably the most important job in, in all of Boston. Uh, so we understand the interest and looking forward to getting into the process. Frankly, it's a, it's not something we've done in a long, long, long time. Um, if ever actually in our time here. So it is a different, um, road ahead for the next several weeks, uh, really looking forward to it. And it, it'll, um, hopefully reveal a lot. We'll learn a lot about our own organization and, and, some others and and um, some internal people as well. So we'll 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 get going on that uh, right away. We'll start there. I mean, what do you? Why is it so important to you guys to do this in such a robust way and to do it in a different way than you've done in the past? Especially you know four years ago when you were one and done with the interviews before hiring Heim. Yeah, it's a good question, Chris. I'm, I think this is a great forum to speak about that because. Um, in a short form press conference, you don't have uh, you don't have a lot of time. Um, so appreciate the chance to articulate the thinking around it. If you if you go back, um, if you'll indulge me, if you go back to our early days here, late 2001, 2002, when we came in, um, obviously, Dan Duquette had done an unbelievable job um, with the Red Sox and really built up a, 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 a strong organization. Uh, we did make the change, just given ownership's desire, John Henry, Tom Warner, Larry Lucchino, um, to start really with a clean slate in baseball operations. No disrespect to Dan. He's a he's a Red Sox Hall of Famer, um, as you guys know. So we started with the clean slate. And at that time, um, you know, 21 years ago, we did interview um, a handful of different candidates and there was different names uh, being considered. Obviously, we all know what happened with Billy Bean. Uh, and, and you know, we, we were in a, an interim situation for a while that led us to Theo. Um, and then you, you, you fast forward a decade and a half and really it had been um, Theo Epstein and, and, and his staff, his group of people, um, that he brought in Ben Sherrington was elevated upon Theo's departure. Um, and Dave Dombrowski came in uh, 
uh, as the head of the department in 2015, that was really meant to be an additive position uh, to the general to, to the to the department. Um, there was no uh, desire uh, to replace Ben Charrington. I think, as you know, for those of you who remember, so that was not a, a search process looking for someone to come in and and rebuild the whole area of the operation. Um, Dave came in as our president of baseball ops. Ben made the decision to leave at that time. Um, I won't rehash all that old history, but my point is there was really no process there um, to, to speak of. And then you go to 2019, we made the change. We were really considering going internal uh, with the group of people that we had. Um, there was a feeling through that process that bringing in an outside voice to add to the group of people we had leading the department would be helpful. That led us to to Tampa and to Hyam specifically. We targeted Hyam, we brought him in, but we did not conduct a, a robust search. So in 20 years, um, we've had, we, we know we've had a lot of low moments, but we've had a lot of great moments without having a, 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 a robust search for a head of baseball operations. Um, we think it's time to do that, given the organization um, has, while we have a lot of really good things going on and you've seen some of it emerge this year, we, we want to question everything we're doing. We want to look at all areas of the operation. And we think going through this process uh, will help those of us in leadership and in ownership have a chance to really examine where we can be better because we have fallen short these past two years at the major league level. Um, and, and we want to uh, really examine all areas of the organization to hopefully improve uh, in every in every facet. So, Sam, you touched on, you know, the search, which is just now getting underway. You've talked about the possibility of some interviews that may take place even as quickly as later this week. In a big picture sense, what or uh, I guess I could say who, but what is it you're looking for in your next leader? What what qualities, what experience, what profile are you looking for? Well, I, I think um, a lot of the elements of the job are sort of a given. I mean, you, you have to have um, the uh, the experience in baseball uh, to to have been a part of an organization that is committed to winning, an organization that um, believes in evidence-based decision-making, data and analytics information, using all your resources when it comes to medical and high performance. All those things are really uh, a given. Um, but what we're looking for now is as we as we sort of chart a, a new course forward with our um, with our operation the way it is, we feel we have incredible infrastructure in place. Uh, and, and we're really looking for someone who can use those tools uh, and, and help us uh, continue to build the organization in the minor leagues. Um, but also help us improve at the major league level. Um, and, and it's very hard to do that. It's very hard to, to be building and to be competitive in the moment. Um, but that's really the goal. We, we think it's a person or, or people that have had experience um, in, in doing that and have a proven track record of, um, of being a part of organizations that, that have been in a position to to, to really be committed to a, a strong, robust minor league system, uh, but also have demonstrated um, uh, through their either their organizations or someone here in our organization, um, a, a period of time where we've been able to also have success 
at the big league level. Um, and again, that's not an indictment on anyone who's who's been here or anyone who is here. It's just really um, it's it's what we it's the standard that we're holding ourselves to, uh, which is uh, improve results across the whole uh, organization. And it's a long answer, but there is no one quality um, that we're looking for that we you know needed to replace. It's it's really um, someone who 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 there's a, a great deal of confidence in um, their decision making and and their desire to to get us back to where we all know we belong, where we've fallen short the last couple of years. In the wake of Heimblum's dismissal, um, there was some suggestion that because he had been the number two to Eric Neander in Tampa Bay, uh, that his uh, lack of being in that number one chair uh, perhaps worked to his detriment here. Given that, will you search or insist on the successful candidate having been a number one elsewhere? Definitely not. Um, not not a uh, not a requirement, uh, and I'll tell you why. You know, we have um, we have ha- we have had uh, tremendous. You know, you, you you learn from your experiences, right? And being in um, uh, baseball for as long as I have, going back to 1993, whether it was the Yankees organization, the Padres organization, the Red Sox organization, um, we have seen very clear examples of baseball executives who uh, rose to that number one job in the baseball operations department, whether it be uh, Kevin Towers uh, back in the San Diego days or Brian Cashman going all the way back to my Yankee days, of course, Theo Epstein, um, Ben Sherrington. I mean, it's a it's the old, you know, how do you get experience when you when you when you haven't been in that number one? Well, you someone takes a chance on you and you get elevated. So we have seen uh, people that have um, not been in that number one chair come into the number one chair and have tremendous success in organizations. Um, and and so uh, that will not be a, a, a disqualification if we find the right person who is currently not in a number one uh, chair, um, that that is something that we will absolutely consider. Sam, take us and, and take the listener inside an interview. Um, I, obviously, as I, as I joked earlier, and you said you're not going to talk about who's on the other side of that conversation quite yet, but I mean, what is the process like? Are you starting with Zoom? Is it you having these people to Fenway? Is there some big boardroom? Who's in the room? Like, if you kind of peel back the curtain on what that actually, um, what you plan on having that be like? Yeah, so um, it's a great question, Chris. We we have um, we've spent the last um, sort of ten days or so working through the format for uh, the interview process, um, and there will be I would what I would call a consistent um, uh, template that we that we take the candidates, various candidates through, um, talking about different areas of the baseball operation, different areas of leadership style, style, culture, how they think about um, the organization, experiences they've had, other places. Um, There will be some uh, requirements uh, for uh, each candidate to, to sort of go through in terms of shared experiences or their thoughts on specific areas of the operation. So, I, I won't uh, go too deep into that because um, we haven't uh, we, we haven't even gotten into that yet with the candidates, but it will be uh, consistent and very thorough. Um, and, and and in terms of 
um, who is involved. This is a, a we're a team over here. So there will be several uh, members of, of, of leadership uh, involved in the process. Obviously, ownership at, at the end of the process um, in terms of, um, you know, spending time uh, with uh, finalists is, is really important. Um, and so it, it, it will be um, it, it will be a, a, a very fulsome process that hopefully will yield a good result. And like I said yesterday, we're not going to we're not going to be held to any sort of time standard or, or, or time constraint, given how confident we are. Uh, in in Eddie and in, in BOH and um, in, in Mike Grootman and Raquel and the team and 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 we may end up at the GM meetings uh, without a uh, person or, or people in place. That's that's not ideal, but that it certainly um, is not going to be a deadline that um, we we are going to force ourselves to live by. It's more important to get it right than to get it done fast. So, is your intention to kind of like? run the the first round and then present maybe one candidate or a final group to John and Tom? Do you expect them in the room to start or how do you see that breaking down? Yeah, very, um, very important. We, we have not put any um, rigid parameters around the process because we just don't know where it's going to take us. So right. we want to give ourselves the, the flexibility to um, be open, keep an open mind um, and not have, you know, sort of week one is this week two is this week three is that. Um, because we, we are, we feel the, the pressure and the magnitude of this to be sure and a sense of urgency, but we also don't want to let, um, any type of, um, uh, sort of preconceived thoughts around a process, take us down a road that might, um, not cause the best outcome. So we're going to engage in the process, um, you guys know as well as I do there, there are very um, very strict, important rules around a major league baseball process and procedures, and you need to get permission from other clubs to talk to employees. We've um, we want to be very respectful uh, of the, those clubs who are playing in the postseason uh, and not create a distraction. That said, we have an organization to run, and um, we've had other teams knock on our door for employees uh, as well. So um, we will try to do that uh, the best way we know how, just being direct and, and, and candid with, with the other clubs that we're, that we're, that we're looking at. Yeah, Sam, to, to kind of follow up on that, um, as you noted, the postseason is underway. As this is being recorded, 12 teams are still active. That will shrink uh, by Thursday night to eight. Typically, teams do look to successful organizations to poach potential candidates or interview them because you want to bring someone in from uh, an organization that has had success. So um, given the timetable, given that you need permission, given that you don't want to be a distraction, uh, would you be willing to wait until some teams are eliminated um, to uh, to to bring in potential candidates. So I, I know that, you know, as you sort of half referenced, uh, you hired your manager who was in the middle of the postseason last time and interviewed him in New York while the Astros were competing against uh, the, the Yankees in the postseason. Uh, could you see that going to sites to talk to people? Give us a little bit of a look about that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a, a common uh, practice uh, or commonly 
accepted practice that you're know, using off days in the postseason um, for meetings and and, um, and and interviews is certainly uh, acceptable. Um, so I could see that. Uh, and yeah, I could also see, you know, waiting uh, until the very end um, of this season uh, under under certain circumstances. Um, that said, you know, <laughs> the we, we've been talking a lot about this, the the talent level uh, and the brain power of individuals in baseball operations organizations is so high. I think the the um, competitiveness of our industry, um, ownerships, commitments to funding baseball operations departments, all aspects of it, not just on field, but um, analytics and medical and infrastructure that we have. Um, th there is so much talent across the game. So, you know, if you if you're an organization that isn't playing in in the postseason right now. Uh, it doesn't mean that you know there might not be a candidate or two that is really attractive to us. So um, we're we're out there um, fishing in in all ponds and <laughs> teams that are actively playing and, and teams that are not. Taking a, a a look at the roster, I think you've you know whether it be because you feel it's time or just kind of where the organization is right now. It seems like there's a little bit of a tone change the last few weeks where. Um, you know, you and, and Alex and the other people around the team have been a lot clearer about, you know, aggressively getting back to winning. You know, I think the, during the Heim tenure, people viewed it as a process, build up the farm, be good in a couple of years. It seems like, and I know that you guys try to contend every year, but it seems like there is at least more of a vocal push to be aggressive and be a contender in 2024. Do you, you view it that way? You know, like, do you view that there's, more pressure now that you're going to be more aggressive this offseason. I know I asked you yesterday if you, you know, viewed it as an all-in proposition. You said for you guys it always is, but um do you feel like maybe kind of the building part is is somewhat over and now it's time to go over the top? You know, I definitely do not feel that the building part is is over. I really don't. I, I think I think that's where you can get into big trouble as an organization. Um, the the and, and Red Sox fans understand this better than any fan base in, in all of baseball. Um, you have to have a a robust farm system with an incredible pipeline of talent. And I I, I think we've we've made incredible improvements there. Hyam Bloom and and his team um, have done an outstanding job. So we've got to keep building uh this organization and i don't think you'll see a massive pivot from that um the challenge is we also want to show dramatic improvement um at the big league level and so yeah you asked me you know are you going to be all in you know we will we will be all in on our on our effort on trying to do everything we possibly can uh to be competitive and put ourselves in a chance to be in the postseason. Um, we've also proven across the game that, you know, massive spending, I think, I think there's a correlation in, in the media, in the fan base to just dollars spent on free agents as sort of being all in. Um, and we of course now know, um, having been around a long time that it doesn't always correlate. So I'm not, just sitting here trying to set expectations. 
may we play in free agency? You know, yeah, of course. We we always may we sign our own guys to long term deals. Yeah, we 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 just did that last year. Um, so we are blessed to have all avenues, all options available to us. Um, so so we will continue to do that. But I I don't think you'll see um, this pivot from building. That's really important. We've mm-hmm. when we've been at our best. It's when we've had a, a, a consistent uh, build at the minor league level because that gets you the pipeline of players coming through that can contribute, um, the homegrown guys that we've all seen over the last two decades. But it also gives you the ability to use prospects to go out and, and acquire players that can contribute at the big league level. And so I think you'll see um, a commitment to, to trying to continue that build, hopefully for the next decade. It really is important um, that that our fans understand that there is going to be no departure from from trying to to build a complete uh, organization from the major league level on down to A ball. Sam, this was by your admission and just about everyone else's a massively disappointing season. I think you expected and others did that there would be a step forward and yet you finished with the exact same record as you did a year ago. Given that, how far are you from your goal of being a World Series contender or at least a postseason contender? It's a, it's a, it, it is a great question because you have two last place finishes. And, and you know, I think we can be accused of uh, being overly optimistic and, and you know, painting a, a rosy picture when when things look um, can look bleak. Um, that said, I, I really do feel that with the core of um, young players that we have emerging, um, with the resources that we have, um, I, I do not feel we are that far away from competing in the American League East. We we felt like um, competing, and 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 once you get in, you, you guys know as better as as well as I do. Anything can happen. Um, we've seen quick turnarounds before, but I think we'd be foolish to to say, oh boy, you know, we we have to be in the World Series next year, or or it's a massive failure. What what we need to do is is put ourselves in a position to take a run at that postseason. And frankly, if you if you went back, uh, if you went back just two months ago. Um, you know, we we still felt that there was a chance this year. Um, we obviously held Pat at the at the deadline. We didn't make any major additions. Uh, we certainly didn't sell off. So there was a feeling uh, that we had a chance. If you, know, you can go back and question and second guess everything we did or didn't do, um, but there's a real confidence and belief uh, in in this group. So. I don't think we're we're that far away um, because of some of the emerging young stars, some of the core players. Uh, but we have to improve uh, in the area of pitching and defense. I mean, it's just it's it's very very obvious. Um, and you heard Alex Cora talk about some of the things that we need to do on that front. Sammy mentioned obviously the young core and and long term deals. I think you are. Uh, probably the best part about getting the Rafael Devers extension done was that you have a star player under your control for 10 years. The second best part probably being that you didn't have to answer questions about it anymore um, because that had been a topic for so long. Considering the experience you had not with not just with Devers, but also in a Mookie leading to an eventual trade, 
Xander Bogarts leaving in free agency, this, this whole homegrown star thing that's been you know a big storyline here the last few years. Do you, and, and this is something Heim talked about a lot before uh, he was fired, do you feel like you need to be aggressive in locking up the Brian Bayos of the world, the Tristan Casas of the world, uh, Jaron Duran, these kind of younger pieces that are pre-arb guys, but um, you know, try to extend that control past free agency. Is that going to be a priority this winter as well? Yeah, I, I think it's really important. And I think the best organizations um, really go out of their way to try and try and shore up the players that they that they feel that they have real strong conviction in. Um, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that effort has has absolutely been there. Um, we haven't in, in certain instances, we haven't yet done that you know we we were able to make a deal with garrett whitlock you know for example along those lines and um and there's been conversations with other guys but i think that is perhaps one of the most important roles of the baseball operations front office and and the leadership um because knowing which players you should know your own players better than anyone else in, in, in baseball. You, you live with them, spend time with them on the road. Um, you have all the underlying data and information. You see the intangibles. So we should be able to determine um, which players that, that, that would be sort of qualify for longer term extensions, whether it's Bayo, whether it's Abreu, whether it's Duran, Casas, you know, th- these are really important decisions um, that our baseball operations people need to make. And our job in, in ownership is to support them um, w- when they have strong conviction and belief in those players. And, and so, yes, I think that's, that's something that we, that we definitely need to, that we definitely need to do. Sam, even before you had your first interview later this week, presumably um, th- there's an unorthodox aspect to the search already. And that is, uh, in regards to your manager, not only have has he been told that he'll be returning in 2024, but he is also going to uh, at least be somewhat involved in the search for the new um, baseball operations head. Uh, why t- take that approach? That That is unusual to essentially invite an employee to help determine who his next boss is going to be. Why have you taken that approach? Well, we've actually done that in the past um, uh, in different interview processes here uh, uh, with whether it's field staff or uh, people in in baseball operations or business operations being a part of an interview process. We have a very um, keen focus on, on, on culture here. And I think it's really important for any candidate who's coming in to they're they're also interviewing you and interviewing the organization. And so I think it's really important, especially with a relationship that is as important as general manager, manager, president of baseball operations, GM, president of baseball ops, CEO, ownership. You know, they, they need to come in and spend time with not just one person, um, but they need to come in and spend time with uh, senior leadership in the organization. We also value collective wisdom here as opposed to sort of just one person, you know, running the interviews and and, and sitting down with them. So um, it's actually not that unorthodox. Um, and, you know, the, the Alex Cora uh, issue we've we've addressed, he's, he's under contract. We're not making um, a change there. 
Um, and, and so that'll be, that's just a part of the uh, organization. There are many, many uh, parts of the uh, organization that I think are uh, attractive elements. Um, number one, first and foremost, is Boston. This is where you want to be in baseball. Um, incredible fan base, incredible ballpark, committed ownership, great men, women, individuals across all areas of the organization. And we want to highlight that and showcase that. Um, but I want to be clear, the next leader is going to have authority and, and, and decision-making power uh, over the baseball operations department, including the, the field staff and the manager and, and everybody else for the long term. This is someone that we're looking to get in place uh, and taking a, a long-term view with this hire. Last thing here, Sam, and I told you it was coming, and then this is always how I think we have to end every one of your appearances on the Fenway Rundown. I am, as you've said before, the uh, the bring the all-star game to Fenway beat reporter, uh, in part because the last time it happened, I was three, and so not only did I not attend, but I have no memory of watching it on TV. Um, Sean was in his 80th year covering the team back then anyway. <laughs> um, are there any updates on that front? Yeah, we've been we've been lobbying uh, baseball. They it's, they've you know things at Major League Baseball just couldn't be better right now, and 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 I think we all say that with a with a lot of um, pride and relief, frankly, because we all, especially these three guys on this this podcast, love the game, the the rule changes, the athleticism, the sport generally is in such a good spot. Um, and it's so rewarding because the the, the players seem happy. Uh, the front offices are happy with everything that's happening. That also means that the all-star game and the surround, surrounding events are very, very attractive and, and competitive. We have made it very, very clear to Commissioner Manfred and his team that we would absolutely love to host the game um, as soon as possible. However, we also understand there's some incredibly um, uh, historic and poetic um, opportunities with, you know, 1999 was probably the best um, all-star game in history, or certainly one of them. We're biased, of course. Uh, but having, you know, a 30-year anniversary of that would be incredible. Um, 2030, although it sounds like it's a long way away, it really isn't. We We, we are doing uh, it's a possibility. We are doing a major real estate development here in the neighborhood. I think for the city of Boston, for the Fenway uh, neighborhood to highlight and showcase this development and growth and building uh, would be great. We certainly don't want to host an all-star game in the middle of a construction project. Now, obviously not Fenway, but the surrounding area here. So uh, I would Yes, if I were a betting man, Chris, if I were the lead um, uh, handicapper on this, I would say, you know, that range of of years is probably more likely than 2026, 2027, mm -hmm. uh, just because of the realities of what's happening at, at baseball with lots of people who want the game and what's happening here with the development around Fenway Park. Sean, are you looking forward to covering the 2030 All-Star Game? I shall be watching that from my couch. <laughs> and I, not a nursing home couch. We we uh, in 1999, I was with the San Diego Padres, and bless uh, bless Larry Cancro's heart, he found me two tickets in Section Four. Uh, but the highlight was Peter Gammons hosted a backyard uh, party for other teams and clubs and baseball people. Uh, it was a, a special time. So 
if you see Peter, tell him, uh, you know, he, he get ready to gin up the uh, the anniversary party. We got to do it again. Get the, get the grill going. That's right. There's no quite no party quite like a Tar Heel party, Sam. I hope you learned <laughs> that's that. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> generation that's, to generation. Right. That's Sam Kennedy. We appreciate your time on this week, your second of the week, Fenway Rundown. This has been the Fenway Rundown, brought to you by Mass Live.